When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Monday, February 22nd. Coming to the last week of February. Uh, I love February because it's a great month. It's also my birthday month. I just want to squeeze that in there. Um, so that's why I like it. But um, but yeah, this is, today we're talking LA Galaxy and we got Alicia Rodriguez again, the knowledgeable, well-liked, well-studious of the game. Alicia, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, happy birthday, whenever it may be in February. <laughs> it passed. It passed. It passed. Okay. Last happy belated year. birthday. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was good. But, uh, you know, I've just been spending time with family uh, and hanging out with them. But uh, I'm like, man, February is such, such a short month, you know? Yeah. I, I wish it was longer. But, you know, that's just that's just a personal thing, I guess. <laughs> But um, but yeah, there's 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 a lot of LA Galaxy things going on. Um, obviously we'll we'll talk about Christian Pavone and what's going on with that. You know, it's getting it's getting more intense. I feel like more intense. Just you know, dad the dad's involved now. Um, there's a lot of things going on with that. But also, you know, I know last week the LA Galaxy, uh, you know, they talked about uh, they they announced a few signings, and I want to talk about those. Uh, Alex Alcala. I'm not sure how familiar you are with him, but I've been told that he's referred to as the Mexican Messi um you know and I'm not I'm not putting that name on him but that's that's just what I've been told and uh I know Dennis DeClose uh, recruited him because he's seen him play with the Mexican national team and what he brings to the table so now he signs with LA Galaxy too I know they had just recently brought him in last last season right um and you know he has he has an Instagram that's that's, that's incredible. If you have if you haven't followed him on Instagram, you have to follow him because he has incredible highlights. He's just like a short little kid, but he, he's just you know cutting through and scoring all these goals, and he's really exciting to see. And you know, you know I think players that are that young, you 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 want to see, you know, if they can live up to the potential. Yeah, he's uh, somebody I think he's a really promising prospect. And I think we should probably emphasize the prospect part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he has turned pro. He, he signed a professional deal with LA Galaxy 2. Um, I think the idea is to kind of bring him along a little bit slowly. You know, there's no need to kind of rush him in there and, and you know, expect him to play for the first team right away. I think the idea is get him some minutes um, with Los Dos this year, see what happens. If he really blossoms, then maybe they'll talk about moving him up in the future. Um, but the expectation and the Galaxy have not confirmed it, but it's been widely reported in the Mexican press that the Galaxy um, have an understanding with Manchester City that when Alcala turns 18, he will go to Manchester City if Manchester City want him at that point. Obviously, a lot of things can happen in a few years. Um, you know, there are prospects who look great at 15 and then they don't really pan out. But if he really is somebody that um, is being touted as having, you know, that, that messy name tied to him in any way, shape or form, and he comes good. Um, 
you know, this will be a, a stop of a few years for him with the Galaxy. And then if, if he looks like he, he'll make the grade uh, in Europe, then he'll be moving on to Europe in a few years. Yeah, and I, and I think this is also, you know, you mentioned that thing about, you know, Manchester City wanting him. I think that that's big, right? You also, you know, you also don't want to put too much pressure on him, but I also want to see how, you know, the, the, the Allegaxi are able to, you know, help him through that process, you know, to get to, up to that point, because, you know, that's, that tells you if you get a, a young player that is at 15 and he grows within within the organization, within the system, and you eventually do get him out there because he is he is coming with a lot of noise. But I, I, I'm with you. You know, there, there's expectation you know, on the Galaxy 2. You work him in. You see what he can do. I mean, because his, his highlights and everything, you know, he's, he's playing with kids above his age and everything and what he's doing is impressive. And I just want to see how he's able, you know, when, when he's able to go to, if it is Manchester City or club in Europe, when he turns 18, I, I want to see how that process goes for him. Yeah, for sure. And it's worth noting, he's a California native. So he's played for the Mexican uh, youth national teams, but uh, he is born and raised in, in California. So, um, you, you know, he's not going to have like a cultural shock or anything like that. Like, I mean, both here and then if he were to go to Man City, it's not like he has to learn the language or anything like that. Like that stuff should be all said. It's not really going to be a big difference. And if anything, I think staying in California will give him an opportunity to hopefully mature um, without having a lot of pressure on him and, and you know, kind of grow up a little bit in, in all facets. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I expect him to get plenty of playing time for Los Dos this year. They are probably going to have a little bit more of an expanded uh, squad uh, this year if everything goes right and we don't have a you know huge shutdown in the middle of the season again. Um, but I do expect he'll get uh, a good run during the season. Yeah, I don't really watch as much as Los Dos. I know as as you do, and you, you know how well informed you are. But he is definitely a kid. I'm definitely going to want to keep my eye on and see how he does. Because um, I even remember, I think you know, the last time I did watch him was when Alfredo Alvarez was playing with them, and you know the stuff he was doing, you know, with the Galaxy too. Now, you know, I'm excited uh, to see Alex Alcala how he does, and he's also he's also from Stockton, California. You know, and Stockton. I know only reason I know Stockton is UFC fighter Nate Diaz. Is from there, so you know you got some tough guys that come out of there, you know. And it's cool that you see some of that, you know, talent from California stay here, you know, and able to be produced through the LA Galaxy. Another player that they announced last week, you know, that had been in the system is Carlos Harvey. Um, you know, he's now going to be on the first team. What, what do you make of a Carlos Harvey uh, being being with the team? Yeah, I think it it makes sense to bring him back. Uh, he was on loan for two years from uh, Panamanian side Tauro FC. Uh, I always have trouble with that mm-hmm. that uh, that syllable in the Spanish. Tongue twister, yeah. Ow, the ow, Tauro FC. Um, but he's signed outright to the Galaxy now, so he's no longer on loan. Um, and he's somebody who's already kind of come through the pipeline, right? Like he spent his first season with Los Dos. Um, he started out the season last year with them, and then he was brought on another loan, a loan within a loan. Uh, to the Galaxy first team, and he got limited minutes. He only got one start, but his one start happened to be the game when uh, the last game before Guillermo Barroscoloto was fired. So that was a pretty bad game. (laughs) Um, Harvey didn't look great in that game, but I think we can maybe give him a little bit of an excuse because it was a pretty trying night for a lot of people that night. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's young. I think he just turned 21. Uh, I think they see him as a defensive midfielder who really has a potential for a lot of growth. And it sounds like, uh, you know, with the likes of Perry Kitchen and uh, Joe Corona no longer on the squad, 
Um, that kind of clears the way for, for Carlos to get some more playing time. I don't know if he'll, if he'll necessarily be a starter this year, um, but I think he's going to definitely play an increased number of minutes. And then if he does kind of take off and, and sort of find his footing, then, you know, it's possible he could really settle in and, and, and become a starter, but we'll have to see on that front. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's definitely going to be one of those players that's definitely going to get have to earn, you know, some of that playing time and he's going to have to fight for that playing time. Um, you know, obviously one thing he's, he's familiar with, with the LA galaxy now, it's just, you know, how he adjusts to Greg Vanny and Greg Vanny's system. Um, I think that's just, that's just one of the things that, you know, that he, he's going to just have to adjust, but it's, not, it's nothing going to be too difficult, you know, and I, you know, you're starting to see some of the pieces come together um, you know, for the LA Galaxy. And I, and I like that they're making these announcements, you know, I think they've been very consistent leading up to the way. And I, I know there's more announcements coming and obviously the biggest one, obviously uh, we're still waiting with that third DP, you know, if it's going to be Pavone or if it's going to be someone else, um, you know, but we also got uh, Julian Araujo who just changed his number. You know, he's, he's throwing things in there as well. And I just want to read a quote that he said, uh, you know, about changing his number. He said, uh, new season, new number, same goal this year is, is dedicated to my brother, Michael Taylor. I know you're watching from above. Obviously, it's, it's a big significance uh, there. I know, uh, I'm assuming, you know, his, his, you know, his friend, brother passed away. And just to have that connection, you know, to, to, to change your number for your friend, I'm assuming that, that, that he wore that number. It's just very powerful, and I think, you know, I expect Joel Naranjo to, you know, uh, just to increase his level of play from what we've seen from last year. And I think one of those big things that I want to see from him, you know, is limit some of those some of those uh, physical mis- mistakes that he has. But what do, you, what do you make of him changing his number? Well, I mean, players change numbers for lots of reasons. I think this is a, a great um, tribute to somebody who was obviously very important to him and um, in that way, it's it's fantastic. I think um, there's also been press this week. Uh, Kevin Baxter of the LA Times uh, wrote a, a feature about Julian's um, work with uh, farm workers from his hometown and, and thereabouts. Um, you know, people who really are kind of forgotten in a lot of ways by the rest of society, and they play such an important role in how you know we end up with food in our fridges and you know all that kind of thing, and and we really don't give them nearly enough support for what's very dangerous work. And, um, and so I think, you know, I I don't want to overstate it, but I think to an extent his advocacy over the last year or two um, and, and his willingness to kind of speak up for people who uh, need support and, and really trying to give back to the community that um, he came from, I think is a really great sign because you know, it's very easy if you're a, a professional soccer player. Um, many of us who came from humble beginnings, you know, it's it's very easy to kind of move on and not have to worry about, you know, kind of where you came from. And, you know, I got my life now. I got to worry about, you know, get becoming a starter, that kind of thing. Uh, he's not doing it like that. He's, you know, he wants to make use of his platform now. And I think that's incredibly powerful. Um, and so I think, you know, it's not necessarily connecting that to his play on the field, but to me, that sort of indicates he's becoming more mature. And I think that that probably will pay off in some ways on the field um, over time, because I think, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of growing up before our eyes and um, it, it's, it's pretty impressive to see. And, and I think it's, uh, you know, fantastic to see the ways that he's lending his voice uh, right now. Um, 
you know, you can't help but want to root for him when he does stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. And he, you know, he was on the front page uh, of the LA Times, which is big. And I, you know, obviously, Vicky, who's, uh, you know, the LA Galaxy, you know, press and you know, with the media team there, she she tweeted that, and you know, I, I saw that. And I think it's, you know, and shout out to Kevin Baxter for writing that story as well. Stories like that just make you want to root for a player like that. You know, you want you want it because it's to him to a player like that. At least for my eyes, is like he, he he's playing for his city. He's playing for Lompoc, right? Apologize if I butchered the name, but he you know he, he has a whole city, has a whole town. He gives back, you know. Obviously, and this is nothing new. He's done this last year, right? He you know he's used he's used this platform before. Um, and not every player has to do, has to do it. And obviously, I don't feel like he's doing this for media attention or anything like that. That's not the case with him. This is something that's rooted in him. This is something that he wants to do for his people, where he where he comes from and for his background, and w- which I love and I applaud, you know, because it's not everybody, you know, is willing or not, not everybody is capable of doing that, you know, because it, I don't feel like I don't feel like every athlete should do that, but I think the athletes that do do that and have that that connection, those roots with their community, you you give a lot of hope to those people that are struggling. You give a lot of hope. They're like, hey, Julian Araujo, who plays for the LA Galaxy, still comes back from Lompoc. I, you know, I didn't know Lompoc until Julian Araujo played for the LA Galaxy. To be honest, now I know Lompoc, and I know. A lot of a lot of people that read the LA Times, I know a Lompoc, and a lot of I'm pretty sure every LA Galaxy fan knows of Lompoc, and those are the things that really, you know, really inspire people that come from there. Like you know, Jonah Araujo, you know, gives me inspiration to do to eventually reach my dreams, whether if it's a soccer player, lawyer, whatever. And you know, I just applaud the work that Jonah Araujo is doing for his community. Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, I think one of the things when you're talking about farm workers and the farm worker community is it can be really hard to kind of break out of the the really localized community. Um, I grew up in, I didn't grow up in California. I grew up in Michigan, but we also have a farm worker population. And it's difficult if you're a child of farm workers to kind of find a career path. You know, often you're moving around a lot. Um, I know it's a little bit different in the Central Valley, but, you know, people move around a lot when they're farm workers. Um, again, it's very dangerous work. Uh, it literally will shave years off your life. Um, just really physically taxing. Uh, you're in amongst pesticides all the time. You know, it, it's, it's really bad. And of course you don't get paid anything, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's truly awful work. Um, and I think also, you know, somebody like Julian, he's not only giving back to his community and like you said, providing inspiration, but you know, giving people ideas of, of other paths, I guess, um, in communities that are kind of overlooked a lot. And, you know, one of the things that we've, we hear about with California and California soccer is uh, LA is so talent rich. There are so many talented players, but there's a whole bunch of talented players in the Central Valley too, that are never, you know, they never get an opportunity. And Julian was one of the lucky ones who did. He, he was pretty young and, um, you know, got hooked up with a couple of really uh, big academies before you turn pro. Um, not everybody does. And now, you know, I think for the Galaxy, they also have this this opportunity to really kind of become the Central Valley's team, right? Like yep, they got yep. one of their own on the mm-hmm. team. And um, not that it's all about the marketing, but I think that this is an opportunity for the team to sort of say, we're not just LA's team. And we know that there's a, a you know, ongoing battle with LAFC over that. 
but they can say, we're also the Central Valley's team, like mm-hmm. come, you know, <laughs> come support us. We're, we're for you too. Um, I think that could be pretty powerful on, on both sides. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and, I, and I agree with you. And I, and I like the point that you make because, you know, uh, obviously, you know, being in Southern California, you know, you know, of the bigger cities, you know, you know, those cities, you know, you know, of like, you know, the Inland Empire, right? You know, those in the cities and where Julian Araujo comes from, not a lot of people know where that is, where that is. And, you know, you know, to your point, you're, he's given them a voice, you know, he's given them a voice and a platform. And, you know, the LA Galaxy, on top of that, you know, also I recognize by Julian Araujo, he's representing the LA Galaxy in their community as well. And on the other side, you know, you know, say the Alley Galaxy decide to build a soccer field. I, I mean, I feel like you, you, it, it would just be great to build like a soccer field or something out there with the Alley Galaxy, right? Or name it the Julian Araujo. You know, I'm just, um, you know, Julian Araujo yeah. soccer field or Ju- the Julian Araujo Alley Galaxy soccer field. I don't know, you know. Nature field out, yeah. you know, in a spot where you don't have to worry about watering it, and you know, give people a, a spot where they can go chill and kids a spot where they can play. I mean, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so Alley Galaxy, if you're listening, you know, that I think that's you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You're you're welcome. Yeah, I guess you're welcome. Um, because it, it just you know, it just makes sense, right? It it literally just makes sense, you know, and that's one way that, you know, it's a win win situation um for the community and for the other galaxy, you know, because with the, with all the press that they're getting through this, you know, story that was written by Kevin Baxter, um, you know, obviously I'm not the one writing the checks, but you know, I can, I can vouch. I can vouch for Julian Araujo and the city of Lompoc to get them a field, you know, name after Julian Araujo for, you know, for what he's doing. Or, you know, Julian Araujo might just say, you know, I'll just do it myself, you know. But um, but shout out to him. Man, yeah, really. I, yeah, because it's really it's really motivating, you know, me even being, being Mexican and, you know, you know, obviously, you know, I've experienced certain things, you know, I got family. I don't have any families that, that work on the fields, but I got friends and stuff like that. So there's like a connection there, you know, and, and, and I like what he's doing because I feel like Joe Naranjo represents me as well. Like, you know, because I'm Hispanic and, you know, we, we've experienced similar things, but I'm not going to say, I, I know how it is to be live in a farm and, and, you know, pick crops and anything. I'm not going to do that, but I, I understand how it is to be Mexican in America. And, you know, and I feel that connection and I like someone that the way, you know, just he's younger than me and he's being a leader, right. And outside of his community. Yeah. And that's really big. And I, and I really applaud him. And, you know, I really hope he, he, he makes all his dreams come true and is able to go to Europe. If that, if that happens this summer, you know, I'm going I'm to be rooting for him. For sure. No, I think that's a fantastic point. And, you know, to be honest, like in, in soccer, we see um, a, a pretty sizable Latino population, but you're right that there just aren't that many like role models in, in kind of the, the broader society um, who are, of Mexican descent, like still, you know, in California, we see that a little bit more, but still it's, it's unusual. So yeah, he's, he's kind of a trailblazer in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to him. Um, you know, hoping, hoping he has a great season, you know, yeah. and, you know, I like the number change and, you know, everything that goes with it in his community. Um, but now let, let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Christian Pavone. Um, you know, like I said earlier, there's, there's so much going on with him, you know, uh, last week, you know, or, you know, the last few weeks, the LA Galaxy, uh, you know, had made an offer, you know, and, and it's been reported that it was 10 million for 50%. And I know I heard other numbers, 7 million for seven, 70%. Um, you know, and those things have been, some of those numbers have been confirmed by Pabum's dad. And also want to give credit to John Rojas because he's been tagging me on certain legal things. But first, I want to 
go to Christian Pavone's Instagram, he posted uh, another thing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it was with his lawyers that, you know, he took to Instagram a, a statement saying that his legal team, you know, denies any of the earlier reports of the woman that, you know, alleged him. And also about, oh, excuse me, about the travel restriction that was applied to him. Um, because a lot of people were talking in Argentina that he wasn't going to be able to leave the country, even if the LA Galaxy, you know, bought him. But, you know, he, you know, shuts down all those reports. He's been talking to, you know, he's been talking with everybody with, with, with the investigation and, you know, he's been really working. So it makes it really tricky. And then on top of that, Christian Pavone's dad, you know, I think went to the media press and, you know, so, you know, you know, is going at it with Boca Juniors because he said no one called to check on Christian Pavone after he had his surgery. Um, you know, you know, they talked about the offer that the Allegaxi made 10, 10 million for 50%. I guess Boca's still deciding. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, anger and I feel like, you know, the emotion there and we still don't even know if Christian Pavone's going to come to the LA Galaxy and it's getting tricky and I think a little bit messy, but I think I, one thing I do like is that, you know, Christian Pavone has been working with the investigation and he, that he doesn't have a travel restriction. What, what do you make of this whole situation within the last week or so? Well, I'm learning a lot about the Argentine uh, legal process uh, on the fly. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I won't pretend to, to be an expert on it, but um, from what I understand, uh, he does have some sort of like, you have to tell us your whereabouts uh, while an investigation is going on. He had an order from a judge um, to, you know, some people uh, interpreted that as a travel ban and others said, including him, he says, no, it's not a travel ban. It's just, I have to keep them, you know, let them know where I'm going. If I'm going anywhere, if I'm, you know, if they need me for the investigation, that kind of thing. So I'm not sure how serious it is. I mean, by American standards, that's super serious. If a judge kind of limits your movement, that's a a very serious thing. Um, Maybe in Argentina, it's not quite as uh, severe or, you know, punitive. Maybe it's more kind of normal, uh, not a big deal. Um, We're still, in terms of the investigation itself, it sounds very much like a he said, she said uh, situation. Um, He's said that he is countersuing. Um, after his accuser, you know, has, has been pretty persistent in accusing him of sexual abuse, um, you know, and, and there's all kinds of rumors and gossip and whatnot going around. So um, I haven't talked to the Galaxy directly about it, but you can kind of read between the lines of, of those who have and, and the fact that they did re-up for, you know, to provide another bid on Pavone they do not seem to think that this is a significant thing. Um, so I guess they believe he will be exonerated um, and that there's no basis in it. Um, I hope that they have, you know, good, good reason for that. Um, you know, it's always tricky in these situations. And, um, you know, I don't want to be in a position where I'm saying, well, they say it's fine. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say it's fine. Of course it's fine. Um, you know, it's these, these situations are very tricky. So um, I think last time uh, I talked to you about this, you know, we both were kind of like on the fence, like it's hard to say what's going on and what's real and what's not. So we have to kind of let it play out. And I think that that's still kind of the case. Um, So we'll see, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like things are proceeding to me. It's a little bit concerning that he had double ankle surgery. It sounds like he's only going to be out for a couple months. So that's 
maybe it's not so bad, but for him to have surgery, I guess without really without Boca Juniors approval and then the Galaxy are not actually, as far as I know, directly involved in the surgery, that seems like a risk to let a player just kind of go out and do his own thing and see what happens. Uh, you know, it's a little bit scary. Um, but I'm guessing sort of back in touch about the situation, that kind of thing. Um, but really it's just a big mess, honestly, like the legal case itself and then everything else, it's just a huge mess. And I wrote about it last week, kind of recapping all the different elements of this saga, you know, as of that point, I mean, I think this could drag on for weeks or maybe months at this point. So I don't know. I really don't know, you know, when we're going to see a resolution to this. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it makes it interesting. I think the, the the thing that you mentioned about him getting surgeries for his incumbent fibrosis, he did have to get approval from Boca Juniors on that. And I'm with you. I think the Galaxy wanted to do the surgery, but Boca Juniors did not accept that offer. And from what I understand was like the Galaxy wanted to have for him to have the surgery now. Um, obviously, they, they don't own him, but he's going to be out for two months. So, if, you know, if, He's out. To you know, yeah, to get it over with now, six, six to eight, six to eight weeks, essentially it's two months. You know, he's probably going to miss like a week or two of the season, um, you know, and I obviously I'm not a doctor. I don't know how fast a player can recover from, from fibrosis. I'm assuming it's not that it's not that uh, it's not like an ACL surgery or anything like that. So I'm assuming he's going to be able to uh, recover pretty quickly. Uh, obviously, I don't know if he's going to be able to play within a week or whatever. I, I feel like if he's going to take two months, you know, by that time, you know, you bring him slowly and he's barely, you know, now that the season got pushed back by like two weeks, it kind of just goes, goes with plans with the LA Galaxy. But, uh, you know, if you're the Galaxy, LA Galaxy, you, you wanted to have the deal done. You wanted your doctors, you know, you know, to have the surgery and everything like that. But obviously Boca's making all those things, uh, you know, it's making, it's making it decisions. Obviously we're obviously, we're not in Argentina. We don't know. We're not uh, seeing this. We don't know if this is being played on the news and every, every second, every day. Who knows how it would be over here if it was like an NFL player, NBA player, a baseball player, right? Um, we, would see it every, the, we would see the news every day. And I think that's what also makes it tricky. And it may, uh, you know, it may not, may not, may disconnect us from a few different things. But I, what I do like is that Pavone's coming out with with his lawyers and you know saying hey i'm talking with everybody this is what i'm doing obviously i don't know if he did it or any, anything like that but some of the things that that are being brought against him again i'm, I'm not a lawyer uh you know and I've, I've talked to um you know with with uh um you know galaxy profile last week you know eric the hammer we talked about this and you know it's it's, it's a dicey situation but from the sense that i've been getting from the other galaxy they feel very comfortable on moving forward with Pavone because it sounds to me that where the woman is coming from, there's really no basis with it. And I think we've seen what we've seen how the other galaxy have treated certain situations. And I'm I'm pretty sure they, they have more information than us. And they feel very comfortable to keep, you know, keep putting offers, you know, keep sending offers and everything. Um, I think the tricky part now becomes if he doesn't have this travel ban, I think the tricky part now comes with Boca Juniors um, of that 10 million for 50%. What do you, what do you think of that? 
Well, I was about to ask you about that. I mean, I think one of the things that's curious for me is I think he's reaching an age where it's going to be tough for him to go to Europe. Honestly, I think it's like he either needs to go to Europe now or he's probably not going to go to Europe, like on a sale, maybe, you know, on a free at some point he would go at some, you know, maybe, but I kind of feel like it's an hour and never situation. So on one hand, I think if, if the galaxy get 50% of his rights, then fair enough, because there's, it's probably unlikely he's going to be, be sold on. Like, I, I just don't see a lot of scenarios where like a Spanish team come, you know, Sevilla comes in and pays like 25 million for him from the galaxy. Like, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so if you're making, let's say a $10 million bid for only half of his right, his sell on rights, but you're basically going to keep him for the life of his contract, then maybe that's not a terrible deal. But if they really think that they're going to be selling him on, like, I, I feel really like I'm getting more and more skeptical, especially a guy, you know, if he comes back and he's lights out, you know, maybe it'll be different, but he's coming off double ankle surgery, um, you know, legal troubles in his home country. He's starting to get to an age where it's like, you know, we're not talking about potential anymore. Like this is it. This is the peak of your career. Do you think he's going to be sold on to Europe at some point? I think there's, there's opportunity that he will be able to be able to be sold on to Europe because he's 25 years old. Um, and, you know, I'm not really concerned with the ankle surgery because if he's able just to recover properly and doesn't have any, you know, any issues, let's just put it out there. Let's say he doesn't have any issues. I know what Pavone can do, yeah. you know, and I, I know what he can do. I know, you know, I, I have a sense of what Greg Vanny can do. And, you know, and you're having Chicharito now, you know, looking like the Chicharito. Obviously, we still got to see the finished product on the field. Um, so I'm liking that. And I, like I said, I know what Pavone can do and I know he's Argentinian and know what he, what he can produce. I think it's like, why, I think one thing that I want to know is if they do buy him, if they end up buying him for 50%, you know, uh, you know, for 10 million or 50%, is the market going to get back? up you know is the market going to be that high up for him i mean diego rossi right now is at 21 22 million dollars pavone could potentially get there you know if he has another breakout year if the galaxy had a great season last season you know pavone would have been up there i feel like pavone would have, would have been up there um obviously they didn't that they had a terrible season but i think if pavone has another breakout year he if he leads the team with assists or you know i know he was the leading goal scorer in assists and you know lead the team with minutes and if he's up there and he's up for the running for MVP um, for these next couple of years, I think they can sell him on. And, you know, if the market, if the market gets back to where it's supposed to be, I don't know how long it's going to take. It may take one year. I think it may take like three years, honestly. Um, you know, for whatever they sell him, say they get, they get 20 million or they get, you know, 25 or whatever they get on for that selling clause, at least at the galaxy will get some, they will, they, they'll get their money back and potentially some. But I, I think the, the tricky part comes is what it, what what is his peak, right? What is what is the highest what is the highest the galaxy could realistically sell him for? Twenty five is probably is probably right now the highest. If he if he had a breakout season uh, this year, but is a, is a team in Europe financially able to do that? Are they going to want a twenty one year old or eighteen year old, seventeen year old, right? Because right. one thing that that comes into my mind, um, Barcelona wanted. Carlos Vela at tw- 29 years old. Obviously, it was on loan, but Car- Car- they wanted Carlos Vela, who played in the MLS, 
they wanted him and Carlos Vela also confirmed, but the where LAFC did not want to let him go. So, right. and Carlos Vela's at 29 at that age and Christian Pavone's 25. So he, you know, that's, four, that's a four year difference. And I, I can see that if, if they want to loan him or, you know, a team from Europe comes out there, I could definitely see him. I just think comes what number will Pavone be? What, what is, what is Pavone's highest, highest number that he could get to? I think right now it would be 24. 25 maybe i'd just say 22 you know yeah. just just to, because i'd just say where rossi's at right now 22 that's just i think that's just fair 22 would be the highest um and then they, and then you have to give 50 percent of that too right. you know to 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 boca juniors you know so you know I, I guess you could get your money back and maybe you know a million two million dollars off of that um but if you win if you win an mls cup let's say i mean i don't know if that will happen this season but if you win an MLS Cup next season or within within the next three years, let's say this: the Galaxy won an MLS Cup within the next three years, and Pavone wins an MVP, then and then I think it, it really makes sense. And I think the way potentially Dennis the closest thinking about this and the other Galaxy is thinking about this, we know Pavone is arguably I, I would put Pavone top three, top five in the league if if the LA Galaxy are playing well. Right. I, I put I put him up there like. That top three, I would literally put him up there. I'd argue against anybody um, that Pavone deserves to be up there. Now, if the team has to be great, though, the Daily Galaxy have to be great and they have to they have to be winning. And, and I think with Greg Vanny, with Chicharito, and the pieces that they're bringing in, I, I think it's it's worth the risk because you know what Pavone can produce. Yeah, that makes sense. You've you've kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. I mean, it does sound like a lot of things have to go well for them to have mm-hmm. a realistic shot of actually selling him on if they do buy him. But yeah, you've laid out a path. I mean, it makes sense that it is still conceivable, um, if maybe not a certainty at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, it just you know it just comes down to when the, when they get this done. You know, it, it just really comes down to when it gets this done. If it's ten million for fifty percent, that's what Boca Juniors essentially wanted, you know, he, he, he's at 20 million. Uh, you, he's priced at 20 million. So I, I'm just wondering what's the holdup, you know, is it the legal situation that's the holdup? Maybe, maybe because got, uh, I mean, Boca Juniors is getting what they wanted. But yeah, actually, I think it's not the legal situation because if he was really in trouble, Boca would be, would have sold him like already, like they would have, you know, they'd be like, we have a distressed asset. Like we got to get rid of this guy mm-hmm. before it really goes south and the galaxy change their mind. They're not, they're standing pat. So um, I don't, I don't think it's that because otherwise if, it, if, if Boca really thought that he was in trouble and that he could be going to jail or something like that, they would be working like double time to get this transfer done before, mm-hmm. you know, so he's not a player. If, you know, the book really came down at him, uh, you know, <laughs> get him off their hands. So I, I don't, I don't think that those things are necessarily connected as far as the actual transfer bidding between the clubs at this point. Yeah. So it, yeah, to me, it's just like, then why, why it's just Boca, you know, you know, it's just Boca being Boca. They just want to make it difficult. And, and you know, you know, that that's, that's what it comes down to, I guess, you know, them being is this, this is how they want to negotiate, you know, that's what the, you know, what we laid out, you know, this is what was offered. Obviously we know the legal troubles that's not going to stop, Pavone from traveling and going to the other galaxy, um, you know, then what is really the, the, the holdup? Is, is Boca just being stingy or being upset the way Pavone has treated them? Is it, are they upset that Pavone's dad now talking to the media? You know, I, you know, and, you know, 
you know, Boca Juniors front office people or, you know, the soccer council, I think they call it out there. They, they may just be upset at that. I don't, I, I really don't know. Obviously when I know Argentina and them, but they're li- literally getting what they want. And I'm just curious why isn't, why is why hasn't been spent finalized them yet? Because, and I think the galaxy have, they still have some time, right? Uh, you know, the, the preseason starts March 1st and, you know, as, as of yet, Pavone's the number one guy. And there's, right. There's Pavone's. Let me put it this way: Pavone's number one guy, number two, and number three at this point. Yeah. It's it, it, at at this point, you know, you know. So it's like, you know, they, they they've showed the cards, and this is who it is, you know. So I think they're they're gonna make it happen, even if they gotta wait till April, you know, because say for whatever the reason they can't get it done, then then you just gotta wait about like a couple months, and then you get the summer transfer window. Well, actually, the the window's weird this year. So the they adjusted the the transfer windows. So the window is going to close at the beginning of June. The current window is going to close at the beginning of June, and then it's going to reopen at the beginning of July. So, I mean, hopefully this isn't dragging on into July, but even if it does drag and it goes until the summer, um, it, the window itself within MLS is not going to be closed for very long. So they'll have plenty of time to get you know, a deal done anytime in that interim. And, you know, it's not going to be a matter only if they sign between the windows being closed in June, um, would he sign? And then he has to wait until the window opens back up. That that's not going to be a problem because the windows are basically going to be open for the majority of the season. And I think they're only going to close like late in the fall before the end of the season. Yeah. No. Well, thank thank you for clearing that up. I, I just think, you know, I know some Galaxy fans, you know, then they're, they're, they're feeling stressed. They feel that some people, they should move, they should move on from them. I don't think so. I, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so because of, you know, the, the things that, you know, outside of the legal stuff, you know, you know what you're getting from Pavone. You, you know, like I said, top three player, you know, I just wonder how long LA Galaxy's front office is willing to wait. You know, we know, was it Minnesota that waited like nine months? <laughs> uh, to negotiate is you know and i'm assuming the gal galaxy were negotiating even before december 31st you know so right. you know it has been you know we're we're two months into the new year we're about to we're about to be in march so it's about a three months but i would even add the last two months of 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 the you know the last year so i would say like at least five months that they've been on they've been ongoing negotiations you know so it, so it is it is being dragged out so i i just want to know how long are they, or if the Galaxy, you know what, we're willing to wait no matter what until we get him. And, you know, I don't know if the LA Galaxy front office is going to be, is going to come out and say that. Um, but I think if you're LA, an LA Galaxy fan, you you have to understand that that may be the case. And if you don't want to wait, that's unfortunate. But <laughs> the way things are, things are looking right now, Pavone is the guy. Yeah, it's a high stakes situation. And I mean, if they're in it, they're in it. They just have to get through it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope it gets done this week, to be honest with you. I hope I hope it gets done this week because, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm annoyed that I can't have to keep talking about this situation. But it, it's it's just what it is. Right. It's you know, I, I, I'm not controlling the, the cards. You know, I, you know, we're just here to talk and, you know, give our opinion. But I really hope it is this week or it is, you know, in March sometime. You know, you know, it's just tricky because I think if you're Boca, I think this, I don't, you know, I don't know if this is an Argentinian thing or, or you know, or that's the way of, of, of negotiating out there. 
Um, I don't know if that's how it is, but or if that's a Boca tradition that you got to be difficult in the situations or, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. It's uh, South American teams. There's they're used to being selling clubs. So if you're reliant as a selling club, then you have to make sure that you're getting, you know, a good amount for every player that you're selling. At the same time, I think Boca are, are because they're a big club in South America, I think that they can play hardball a little bit better than most teams. Um, so they do. Um, I think like when I was writing about it last week, like every transfer that involved Boca juniors that I could think of with MLS, you know, in the last several years, like every single time it was like, Oh, this was the worst transfer I ever went through says the MLS man, uh, GM, but it was worth it. Cause we wanted this player so badly. So in that respect, I think it's par for the course, which is unfortunate for the galaxy. It's unfortunate for us who have to go through the blow by blow over months. Um, but I think it's just how it's done. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be worth it if, you know, Pavone ends up being for the Galaxy Man. Cause I, I really love watching him play and he goes 110%, you know, every single, like he, even the terrible season that they had last season, 110%. And hats off to that guy. And I will, even if they were losing, he was still hustling. And, you know, that, that, I like I like seeing a player like that, and that's why I think you know Dennis the Close in the front office, you know, are, you know, are going you know going after him because they know what type of player he is, they know what he can do for this team. But it's now it's just being patient, you know. It's just I mean, even us, even us. I know even myself, you know, I, we have to be patient, and even if we have to talk for talk about this whole situation for another month, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> But but that that's the latest uh, uh, on Christian Pavone situation. There, obviously, we just talked about you know uh, the MLS season starting March first. Um, I think there's a seven day quarantine. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's a seven day quarantine, um, and then I think it says right here team training getting under it gets underway March eighth. Um, do you have more information on that seven day quarantine? Are they quarantined in hotels or where? Are uh, I'm not sure if they're quarantining in hotels, but basically, um, any, like any time from when the the league announced the open of preseason last week um, up until March 1st, players can voluntarily report early um, and go through the quarantine early. Um, so I believe Jonathan Dos Santos, for example, has been doing that. He's already hard at work in Galaxy. Um, you know, training sessions, but they're, they're strictly voluntary and it's not, they can't be run by the coaches. So it's sort of like an opportunity for players to kind of jumpstart their fitness a little bit more without having like full on training sessions for um, CBA reasons. Um, everyone has to report by March 1st. And then uh, once you've cleared the seven day quarantine, then you can uh, participate in the full group uh uh, activities and the coaches can participate as of uh, March 8th, I believe. I think that coaches may be able to participate from March 1st. Um, like I know one team, I think it was the F Chicago fire got a waiver. And so they, they just started their like seven day quarantine. So they're going to start on the first, I guess, with the full group activities, all that kind of stuff. I'm assuming most other teams are going to do something similar. Um, kind of, you know, not being strictly March 8th is when we start everything, but there'll probably be a little bit of wiggle room in there. But um, yeah, uh, they're they're kind of ramping up on the preparations, but we've seen, like I said, some of the 
Galaxy guys kind of get, uh, you know, show off some of their training stuff in the facility. So I think that they're very much underway and um, they'll be getting going pretty soon as a group, uh, as more and more of them join up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's the times we live in, but I'm exciting that now we're going to start seeing those preseason photos. You know, I'm assuming we may have a preseason schedule come out. Um, you know, some teams, I'm, I'm assuming local teams will play. Obviously, we don't know the, the schedule this season. Obviously, if, if you know, if we remember what last season, LAFC had to play, LAFC and LA Galaxy had to play each other like three or four times, San Jose. So I'm interested to see how how they do it this year. Um, because, you know, I, I just go off what the NBA is doing, the NBA Obviously, every team's playing each other, but they have some way of, you know, they'll play each other twice in the same week. Um, so I'm interested to see what the schedule, what the preseason schedule will look like. And, you know, also obviously the season schedule, because we don't want to see, uh, as much as I like the rivalry, LAFC versus LA Galaxy, I think that was last season. And I think, you know, 3-3 three, three is maybe the most you, you may want to see uh, for an El Trafico. Um, I don't know. You may want to see four, but I, I think, you know, you got to, you, it can't be that many the same. And I just want to see yeah. how the schedule, the, the, the schedule gets, gets worked around. Obviously the biggest thing that's, I think that's, that's why the MLS is, you know, the, 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 the Canadian teams, right. The Vancouver, Montreal and Toronto, you know, and the NBA Toronto is playing in Florida. That's their home base. Is that is that going to be is that going to be the same home base for for the Canadian teams? Um, they're going to have to have three soccer fields. If you remember, Vancouver played uh, in Portland Stadium. I think right. they played in the Portland Timbers, and I don't. And Toronto, I, I forgot where Toronto played, and I forgot where Montreal ended up playing. Um, uh, Toronto played in Rochester, New York, and um, I think Montreal played in Red Bull Arena. Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think that I think that's right. We could be wrong, but I, I think that's that's what's holding this up. And, you know, and because essentially if those Canadian teams, let's just put this, if they move to Florida, every game is a road game. You right. know, every 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 game, every game is going to be a road game for them. You know, they you know, but they if they're in Florida, they'll be able to have fans, um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, because of the laws down there, they'll be able to have fans, um, you know, so. I don't know, but I, I think, you know, I think I just want to know what happens with that. And I think we may get answers within the next month. At least we hope so. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. You know, I just want to see, you know, see these guys and if we're allowed to go to preseason games, um, see, see how, you know, some of the players, you know, some of the new, in the new additions, obviously we get to see how Greg Vanny, you know, you know, starts, you know, preseason formations and where he's putting players. I think that, you know, then we're going to get a better idea, you know, of how this LA Galaxy team is going to be looking, uh, you know, this, this 2021 season, because there's a lot, I think there's a lot of expectations um, for Chicharito. I think, you know, I think we're a country that we, you know, we're willing to give you a, a second chance, but not a third chance, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I think this, he had, he has to produce. Um, but everything I've been seeing has looked good. I just, you know, I think he just needs to put goals in the back of the net. Yeah, he seems like he's focused and is really committed on on being better this year, which is what you want to see. And like you said, we just have to see the the results. But I also think that I'm really excited about Greg Vanny being the coach. Um, I think he's going to substantially improve this team. And um, I don't know if they're quite at contender level yet, but 
Um, I think he can make some big adjustments that'll improve the team on day one. And um, that means they should be competitive right away again. So that's good. That's a good starting spot. Um, but yeah, it's, it, like you said, it's a really exciting preseason because of that, because there's a new coach and um, just seeing him work with m- many of the same guys from last year to see the contrast between the coaches and, and what they can do and what they can get out of the group. Um, I think that alone is going to uh, be pretty exciting, you know, in seeing what's what's possible for this team this year, because obviously we do not want to see another year where they're struggling mired in the bottom well out of playoff range like you know we we don't want we want those days behind us and and we want to see a, a galaxy team that's um right in the mix yet again and uh ho- you know hopefully before long contending again yeah yeah no we'll, we'll have to see what happens uh, just to finish off here uh, the LA galaxy today announced the partnership with honey uh, i think if you guys are familiar with honey my experience is they always pop up uh, i don't know how they got my extension, how the extension got on my laptop, but it's always like, whenever I'm going to buy something, I get points or I get, they, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm explaining this wrong, but it's kind of like a coupon type of thing, but for your laptop, I guess is the best way I can explain it. But they partnered up with the Elegoxy, so now they're going to be on the right patch. You know, um, this is another way for the Elegoxy to make money. Obviously, Honey, they're also, uh, I think they're also the, the sponsor of, you know, the LA Clippers. Clippers, um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, we know Honey has money, um, but I think it also makes, you know, gives another source of income for for the LA Galaxy, which, which we'll don't need, because we don't know what when fans will be let in in California. What, what do you make of this partnership? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, if you're somebody who's like, oh, I hate sponsors on jerseys, then of course this is not going to be something you like. But I, I think if you are realistic and realize this is just the way of the world, then yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. Like you want a team that's in demand and we see MLS teams that can't get a front of jersey sponsor and it's kind of a bad sign, I think in a lot of ways, if, if you can't get a sponsor on the front of your jersey. And so um, being able to get a sleeve sponsor I think is good and you know sort of shows that this company believes in the MLS team that they're big enough that you know they want to tie themselves to the 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 team's brand um I think you know understand honey better than I do I basically understand it from the commercials with the Clippers because I cover Clippers games so I see their um Kawhi Leonard commercials all the time and Mm -hmm. I don't quite understand what they do but uh something to do with internet shopping and yeah, coupons or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, I think <laughs> there's a lot of worse companies out there. Let's put it that way. So um, I think this is a, a, a good partnership and um, yeah, we'll see if there's any kind of other tie-ins or, or ways that it, it maybe benefits uh, fans down the line. Yeah. And I, and I, and, I, and it looks smooth, you know, after seeing the the, yeah. the the photos, it looks smooth. It doesn't, you know, obviously some, it may get, it may take some fans getting used to, uh, you know, I did, I think I did see a fan say, you know, I don't, I don't want to buy the jerseys now because it's going to be on there, you know, but Hey, look, if you're spending your money, you're spending, you know, a hundred bucks or however much the jerseys are, I feel for you, but you know, this is a way for the team to make money, but I, I, I like it. It, lo- it looks really smooth, you know, and I, and I think, you know, with the sponsors, I think it's, it's all about, placement right you know 
sometimes you know you know i watch the guy max or you know it's just too much you just got too many right. sponsors or a boxer you know the boxer they 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 patch them up like you know nascar yeah they got they got so many patches they're nascar too yeah um you know so i i like that they're, they're giving the teams an opportunity to do that so i like it it looks smooth i don't think it takes away from the jersey so we'll, we'll see what, what happens um you know how, how, how much if this will affect the jersey sales which i highly doubt i think it's just going to take uh people a little bit to get used to yeah but with that said that's all the time we have alicia is there anything else you what you'd like to add uh, before we let you go no um just waiting for for preseason to get underway that's the big thing right like we we just got a few days here before it's it's really going to get underway and then we can really start to look forward to the season ahead and we're just kind of in a holding pattern on so many levels mm -hmm. right now so it'll it'll be exciting when things ramp up yeah yeah no i know I'm, I'm excited for the season to start um we'll let the people know where, the, where they can follow you at sure you can find my work about the galaxy at lagconfidential.com and you can find me on Twitter at Soccer Musings. Guys, definitely give her a follow. Definitely read her articles. They're always great. Oh, it's always great to have you on, Alicia. And guys, if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Gio Garcia LA. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to this podcast on Spotify. Um, give us a follow on Instagram on LA Soccer Hub. We're posting a bunch of content there. You know, we're also posting little clips of these, uh, you know, interviews um, with Alicia, who's so knowledgeable and always great and always great to hop on. Um, but that's going to wrap things up for Alicia. This is Jill. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.